0: So how many people do we know throughout medical history or history in and of themselves who were broken individuals and yet they took that brokenness and would never have achieved what it was that they were able to achieve or never would have done what it was that they did had it not been that experience that they went through.
1: Welcome back to the Faculty Factory podcast. And you have joined us during the Triple H, the habits and hacks from Hopkins. I'm Kim Skorupsky, and I'm really happy to introduce you today to Dr. Michelle Johansson. Michelle, welcome to the Faculty Factory.
0: Thank you, Kim. I feel honored that I was invited.
1: <laughs> well, I'm thrilled to have you here. And why did you tell everybody what you do with us here at Hopkins?
0: Sure. So I am an assistant professor in cerebrovascular neurology, um, which is a division within neurology at Johns Hopkins. And we specialize in patients who have problems of the blood vessel of their brain and spinal cord.
1: Well, um, you have something really unique to talk with us about today that's not really in your um, academic research uh, bucket, I guess. But so tell us all about it.
0: Sure. Well, I was looking at your lineup of the faculty podcasts that you've had in the past, and you had uh, quite the string of home run hitters here. So if I can contribute in any way, in a way that people feel a little bit better about what they've been going through, I'm happy to do it. So um, I thought that we could sort of structure our conversation around this idea of wellness. It's a buzzword that's been coming out more and more, especially in light of COVID. But I think that there are things that people can do and think about rather than just read articles on wellness, right? Unfortunately, I saw in your podcast, you talked about uh, the competent person or the syndrome of the competent person. And that was a great one. I really enjoyed listening to that. And sometimes I think in academic medicine, we're all about doing this thing that we feel like we have to do, right? So we have to do wellness because that's what everybody is telling us that we need to do to prevent burnout. And I think that the way that we can think through that is a little bit different than just reading these articles and adding that to the list of something
1: else that we have to do. That's right. I mean, I I you you're so right because isn't it ironic that having a have a, a list of I need to be mindful today or practice meditation or I have to do my yoga anything that says I have to do something even if it's for wellness feels like it's just another thing I have to do so right kind of has yeah. this ironic component to putting things to do even if they are wellness focused so let's get into it I can't wait to hear
0: Sure. So um, I heard through the grapevine that I was recommended by another one of your fabulous speakers because I had done some yoga with the faculty during one of our wellness sessions. And I'll give full props to Charlene Gamaldo for doing that. Sometimes I think, uh, especially during the COVID pandemic, we've heard a lot about this idea of burnout. So I wanted to talk about burnout a little bit, but I also wanted to talk about the concept of brokenness, because I think burnout and brokenness are two different things. And sometimes we conflate the ideas. So burnout is, you know, you uh, the best example that I can think of is, you know, you have your car. Right. And you need your car. You need your car desperately to get from point A to point B, but yet when you get really busy, you just drive your car and you don't attend to your car, right? So if you never put gas in your car, if you never take your car in to get checked out, if you don't have the oil changed, if you just drive it into the ground, then it's no longer going to be able to do those things for you that you would hope your car would do, right? You have to put, you have to put gas in the car. You have to take care of the car in order for the car to perform. And yet somehow in academic medicine, I don't know how we do this to ourselves. We think that if we just go and go and go and go, and then we get to a certain point and we're burnt out, we don't understand why we can't perform anymore, right? That's why you pay more for the premium gas, right? Because it's better for your car overall in the long term. So if those things that we're choosing to do are not only structured around what we have to do right now, but thinking about sort of our life trajectory long-term, then it's going to be, you know, much better as far as being able to maintain what it is you have to do on a daily basis. And then hopefully you'll never get to point B, not able to go any farther or drive any faster or take care of your
1: car in the way that you should. So you're talking about regular maintenance.
0: That's right. And I think that, you know, burnout, we've heard a lot about it in COVID 19, but I think the reason that we're burnt out is because we were already at a tipping point, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense, right? So uh, you and many other people who are involved in faculty wellness do an outstanding job about educating us about that whole iceberg phenomenon, right? And how, you know, you're only seeing what's at the top, but there's this whole thing that's sitting down below it. And so I think when COVID-19 happened, right, I mean, we're recording this in 2021 and everybody's worried about resurgence of Delta and all this kind of stuff. But when it happened, I think that's because we were already so strained to begin with that then we added this other thing, we had a global pandemic, and things started to fall apart because we hadn't done a good job of plugging in to who we are as people. So when that crisis hits, you can't manage it.
1: Right. So the car, the gas tank is three quarters empty, and now you're stuck on a highway in bumper to bumper. Right. In heat and um, no food, no restroom, and there's no off ramp. And then the inevitable is going to happen.
0: Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, And that comes to, I think, the difference between burnout and brokenness. So we'll talk about both. I want to talk about brokenness first and then get back to the burnout idea about what you can actually do. So brokenness is like COVID-19, right? So there's going to be times in your life, um, and I have to credit my mother with this. God bless her. She, since the time I was young, um, did an excellent job about reminding me to be grateful through circumstances, regardless of what was going on in your life. Brokenness. No one can avoid it. Doesn't matter how well you are, Kim, brokenness is going to happen to you, right? And I'm reading a great book right now about brokenness because it's a topic that I'm realizing is something that is, is important to me and that people need to explore. In that, we all go through hard times. Somebody's going to lose their job, somebody's going to lose their parent, somebody's going to get divorced, somebody's child is going to have to go through a heart procedure. Um, Somebody is going to, even on, you know, more of those microscopic levels, right? You wait for funding and you have a massive grant and the only way you can support the study, you know, falls on January 17th in a study section and you don't even get scored, Mm. right? I mean, it doesn't have to be massive life events, but at some point you're going to be broken by stuff that you cannot control, right? It doesn't matter how well you are, how long you meditate or how much yoga you do, that that brokenness is going to happen to you, right? Yes. So so when you think about brokenness, how do you handle that period of brokenness? And I, you know, I was just writing down some things when I was thinking about our podcast about what I could possibly share because I'm I'm still learning about this, right? Like I am, everyone constantly is going to go through these periods. There are uptimes and there are the downtimes of life. So some things I thought about brokenness, um, and I'll start with the one that my mom always used to tell me and still does to this day, is you know that attitude of gratitude, right? So no matter how broken you are, there's always something that you can be grateful for. Always something. And sometimes saying that out loud really yeah. helps, right? It may seem ridiculous, but if you're driving in your car, let's go back to the car illustration, right? You're driving in your car and you're in bumper-to-bumper traffic and you're late and life is miserable, um, and you just found out that your husband is going to file for divorce two weeks ago, right? And you're already living on the edge. It is really hard during that period of time to be grateful for anything. Hmm. But there's always something that you can be grateful for. And starting to develop that, you know, just reciting those things out loud really helps, right? The other thing I thought about was controlling your mind. So when you're broken, once again, this is different than burnout. Broken, meaning, life has broken you for a period of time those thoughts that enter your mind can be awful
1: mm. mm-hmm.
0: right i mean i don't know if you've had this experience or maybe it's just me but there are times where those thoughts can come in and they're like you're not worth it give up now you know might as well quit this isn't going to get any better all these things right and once again that you know, that doesn't have to do with necessarily how well you are. That's the brokenness period that you're in. Right. And so learning how to control those thoughts and counter it with, you know, positive, that positive thinking. So for example, for me, my faith is really important to me. Right. So one of the ways that I use to try to control the, my mind is reciting scripture out loud. That's what I do to try to control my mind. Everyone else is going to find what it is that they can do, whether it be with gratitude, right. An attitude of gratitude, or maybe writing a letter to someone who meant a lot to you at a period of time. And that goes to that third idea I thought of for brokenness, which is being that good neighbor. Hmm. And I think for people who are in healthcare, we sort of self-selected into this, right? I mean, people who are in healthcare in general enjoy that. Why do they enjoy that so much? Why do you enjoy adding that patient on to your clinic? You don't really enjoy that, right? But you do it because, you realize that by building into someone else's life, you actually are receiving something out of that.
1: Right. Right? Of course, it's rewarding. It makes you feel like you matter. You're making a difference. You have value. Someone needs something from you. You realize that you have a purpose. Yeah.
0: So I just want to encourage everybody who's listening to this at this point and say that if you're going through a period of brokenness, that is okay. And you cannot fix that. Mm. The only thing that you can do is control your response. That's it. So if it's COVID-19, if it's losing a loved one, if it's going through a divorce, if it's having a rebellious child, you know, hang up the phone and say, I'm never talking to you again. If it's something, you know, like losing funding for your grant or just feeling in a really stuck place that happens to everybody. And that is okay. That's right. And that doesn't have any reflection yet. to do on how well you are,
1: right? My mom used to always say, everybody has a story. Now it's right. like, what a dumb thing to say. Of course, everybody's got to make <laughs> stories, but it never really made sense to me until I till we had a lot of brokenness in our family and a lot of really bad experiences and awful things that happened. And the it heightened my awareness of oh, I'm not the only one who has yeah had horrible life things happen to them. And then oftentimes, if we all walk around with these masks on our face, how are doing? Yeah. hi, do you? How are you? Never better, never better. And what right. we have to pause in that moment, and I love the phrase you said, building into others, is that appreciation of I see you, even if we're going to be very superficial, I see you, you see me, I bet you, you have a lot of stories in your life that you, we all have backstories of pain and brokenness. I really, I really appreciate your bringing our attention to the external life stressors and things that no matter how much gas is in our tank and how many oil changes and how many new tires and all the stuff that we take care of that car Some big asteroid may come out of the sky and no control over it. And yeah, what are we going to do?
0: Exactly. And, you know, you're a perfect example of that, right, Kim? So how many people do we know throughout medical history or history in and of themselves who were broken individuals and yet they took that brokenness and would never have achieved what it was that they were able to achieve or never would have done what it was that they did. Had it not been that experience that they
1: went through. Mm-hmm. Had they not that the brokenness rebuilds us. So I, again, uh, your beautiful um metaphor of building into others is that the brokenness allows us to build and rebuild yes. ourselves. And That's correct. so you're right. We, the brokenness gives us opportunities cre- to create a new, to build something new in us. And there's that, and there's and I don't know the, the the phrase. And again, somebody else listening now in podcast land is maybe screaming at us now, saying there's some <laughs> Japanese art form where pots are broken, and so oh. they go darn it, and they throw it in the, in the you know trash heap. They actually fill the cracks with liquid gold or some kind of a filling. Mm-hmm. To, amplify the crack because right. the crack that is um shows the beauty so the same way as some the scars that we bear physically mentally spiritually emotionally are what make us beautiful and right show our resilience and our strength i love this right
0: yeah so so i wanted to talk about that because i think you know once again during this period of time there's been lots of literature that's come out about burnout and resiliency and at least one thing that I've experienced and I know others at Hopkins have experienced is this feeling of what's wrong with me. Mm. I don't feel very resilient right now. Right. And that's because you may be going through a period of brokenness where you can't fix it. All you can control is your response. I want to encourage everybody. That's fine. Like it is okay. And there, will, eventually this will end and it will get better after that. Okay. So, But uh, I did wanna talk about sort of what was sitting underneath there because that foundation is important, right? So there are going to be times in lives where you're gonna get pummeled by the tidal wave, right? Or um, whatever it is. And so having your car (laughs) or your boat or whatever illustration we're using in tip top shape. So when that happens, you can be a little more resilient, that matters, right? and that's that idea of burnout. And so I think that when we drive ourselves to a point that we can't attend to the car, then when that period of brokenness comes, you're already almost to a point of being broken anyway, because there are things you could have done yeah. that you did not attend to.
1: You're right. You so, I love this, those two concepts. Now I see how they marry into each other. And I, I like now how you dance back to this, because now that makes a lot more sense that it's not an excuse to say, she's right. This is kind of what if I'm not being resilient or I'm burning out, it's a, a, a blame the victim. It must be my fault. I didn't do enough yoga or I didn't have this <laughs> meditation or I didn't drink right. enough water. So the fact that I'm you know losing it here is my fault. What's wrong with me? Right. That does not excuse us to say, oh, I'm just broken. It's just brokenness. It's not, I have no control mm-hmm. over it. Right. Rather the symbiosis between balancing and doing practicing due diligence with the grace and mercy of recognizing I'm doing all I can. And despite that life will happen. And so right. what are you going to do about
0: it? Yes. That's an excellent way to summarize it. So I appreciate that. Um, And I think when you think about sort of ways that you can put gas in the car, you know, there are three categories that I thought of. So mentally, physically, and then spiritually are what your sources of support are. So mentally, once again, the information that we put inside of our minds matters a tremendous amount. So we've all been around those people, and you're one of them, Kim, who are energy givers, right? And so you go and you're around them and you feel somehow better because that person is listening to you or they're investing in you. And all of us, I think to some degree are energy givers. Now you may not be an extrovert and that's okay. And if going to a party wears you out, I'm not saying that, you know, you have no capacity to give a little bit of that positive energy when you get in a room, but some introverts, right. Are the best at listening. Oh, And they do it so well. And so mentally, when you're infusing positive into your mind, it makes a difference. So that thought replacement, right? So when those thoughts come in and you're, you know, let's talk about the grant issue, right? So I saw you had a faculty podcast about grants and getting funding for grants. And that's outstanding. And I listened to it and I need to listen to it over and over and over again. But let's say, despite of everything you do, you don't get your grant which we know is going to happen. Been there, done that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm the so, of not getting funded. Right, exactly. So simple example, that does not mean that for the next week, you can say, I should give up now. I'm completely worthless. This is never going to get funded. What a stupid idea this was. Anyway, look at the person who got funded. I can't believe that happened. If only this person had been on the study section, they hate me anyway, right? All these sentences that you can kind of fill in. You're allowed to mourn. You're allowed to go out with your friends that night and say, I feel awful, I didn't get my grant. And you can mourn over that baby of a grant, right? But then you've got to get over it. You have to get up. And that's that idea of resiliency. And so you start doing thought replacement, right? So one technique is you can write down all those statements. So for example, Kim, you didn't get your grant, right? So your first statement is, number one, I feel worthless. Hmm. Number two, I can't believe I didn't get that grant. Number three, this will never get funded. Number four, I should give up now. Okay, so those are the things that just went through your mind, right? Right. So that's in one column. Then in the next column, you can start listing off things to counter that. So the first one was, you know, I am worthless or Mm -hmm. I feel worthless, right? So number one, you could write sort of true statements on the side that says, I may feel worthless now, but I'm not worthless. <laughs> look at all the grants I've gotten before, or look at my patient satisfaction scores, all Right. or look at the fact that that person in the cafeteria thanked me for the fact that I added that patient on to my clinic schedule, right? So you start countering those thoughts. So you list them over here and you list them over there and you start thought replacement.
1: Uh, so yeah. that's
0: one, that's one way mentally
1: to sort of renew exactly. yourself. My, my okay. friend and colleague, Jennifer Haythorn always yeah. said, love us, don't believe everything you think. There you go. And that was another zinger when I said, what do you mean don't believe everything? My brain is thinking it. It must have some element. Nope. Don't believe everything you think. We think a lot of things that may have no basis in reality. And so that's exactly that idea of noticing, as Netta Gould would say, our mindfulness instructor, she would say, Huh. As you as a thought enters your head and say, Oh, I notice I'm feeling that I'm not worth I'm not worthy or I'm not that ba- I'm not valued, I'm worthless. That's interesting. And kind of show it to the side and show it the back door. Oh, I noticed right. at the front door. Um, you know, Debbie Downer just showed up. I notice I'm feeling sad about um not not getting this paper published the first round. That's interesting. Find Debbie Downer and take her right out the back door. Put right. third step over. Just you say you notice it. How interesting. That's interesting. But the right. thing is not necessary, is not truth. So remind yourself, just don't trust everything that comes. In yeah, life.
0: exactly. And she she's obviously better at this than I am. Because if that thought comes in and it's not true, I'm not even going to let it sit in there and say how interesting it is, right? Because if I do that, I start, I start dwelling on that. So good for her, I need to go to more of her classes. But as soon as that comes in, if it's not true, you slap that down on a piece of paper and say, no, get out of here, right? Because we're so good at dwelling on the and forgetting about the positive that's happened in the past, right? So back to my mom saying, be grateful for something.
1: Right? Of course. Well, I'll get a 100 positive teacher evaluations. Everybody gets us or 100 patient evaluations. What right. You'll do the one negative one. You'll go the one negative one and you'll fix it on that. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I got criticized. Oh my gosh, never mind the 99 or 100 great things. That one thing will just bore into our brains.
0: So true. So true. And it's just the way that we're built, right? It's just the way that we're built. We, we desire that praise, we desire that success. And so if the failure comes in, that can be amplified a hundred times. So, okay, physically. So physically is also very important. And this is something, you know, they talk about, ha ha, doctors are the worst patients, but we are, man. I, you know, we can counsel patients up and down and have been taught in medical school how to take social histories and find out what people do and what their social support system is like and whether or not they exercise and what their diet looks like. And then somehow when we enter our office doors or we go home, <laughs> we forget about it, right? It's like, okay, you know, if that where my primary care doctor is sitting me down and saying, <laughs> you need to do these things, right? So physically is really important. Now, once again, this is not a checklist. So get rid of your checklist, right? If you, can o- if you have little kids at home and you can only exercise, Three times a week, when the American Heart Association, as I preach to my patients, says you need to do 30 minutes of moderate cardiovascular exercise five times a week, it's okay. It is okay. But the fact is, is that you're not giving up and you're trying and you're going to do it. There, we could spend a whole podcast going into all the literature about physical exercise and how great it is for you. Right? It's good for your heart. I'm a brain doctor. It's good for your brain. We could talk about how you know it prevents dementia and helps prevent depression, and you feel better endorphin-wise after you exercise, as far as exercise is concerned, whatever works for you, do it. So I do all of it. I do Kickboxing, I do running. I love to swim because I don't love to run so much. So I don't feel guilty about all these people who are training for half marathons. God bless them, right? I run every once in a while because I still wanna be able to run, not because it's my favorite thing to do. Um, I like taking exercise classes. I like doing cycling. I like doing my own thing. I enjoy lifting heavy weight. I also love yoga, right? So, So all these things, that's the kind of person that I am. I can't do the same thing every day. That's what makes me happy. If you can't stand yoga and sitting still drives you crazy, that's okay, right? There are other ways to manifest physically to make yourself feel better, and it will. We know biologically that exercise will make you feel better. So for example, funny story, for this neurology wellness seminar that Charlene had put together, um she asked whether or not I would be willing to lead yoga and I said, "Okay, sure, here we go." It was one of the most fun things ever and there were so many people who did it who had never done yoga before. We kept the flow really simple, but it led to laughter, right? It led to a good time. It led to seeing your work colleagues in clothes you never saw them in before, right? I mean, these things are just examples of how some sort of medical, a physical manifestation of taking a break is important. And so working that into your lifestyle, making it a habit is so important. And I know you feel the same way about this know.
1: too. Uh, just moving your body. I'm I'm right on target with you. And I can't help but remember Panagis Galiazatos out at Bayview. When his wife had a baby, he used to be a 30 minute a day exerciser at the gym. Did he say 30 or an hour? Now it's forgetting. It's about seven years ago now. When his wife had a baby. He said, I can't go to the gym anymore with a newborn at home. So, sure. what I would do is he'd break his workouts into 10 minute segments. He taught, he made his Fitbit or his watch or some gadget beep at him. And every 10 minute or during for 10 minute segments at certain times of day, and he would do something. He would be running up and down staircases at the hospital, doing, you know, 20 burpees, 20 push it, push-ups, dumping right. jacks, just something for 10 minutes, just 10 minutes. Right. He did that three times a day. And he's like, So I'm not at the gym doing 30 minute all out, but I'm doing at least 10 minutes, three right. times a day. And so that kind of a revelation. Kind of counters that another kind of false or faulty thinking of it's all or nothing. You know, if I can't mm-hmm. do an hour at the gym, why why bother do ten minutes? Well, ten minutes is certainly better than nothing. Um, right. You get your kids involved and during commercial breaks or exactly. at the gym, you know, squats or you know, bench pressing baby. So yes, we all do <laughs> ways. And you you're right. After five minutes, even five minutes, you feel good, and it's it right. comes really. uh edifying and reassuring. You feel good about yourself and it just um, really motivates you to do more. So
0: I'm with you. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah. And your point, Kim, about breaking it down into small steps is an excellent one, right? So if you've never done yoga, you don't uh, sign up for the power yoga heat class for an hour and a half, right? Okay. Or if you have a horrible habit of um, eating a bowl of Froot Loops every morning, um, that doesn't mean that you suddenly like cut out Froot Loops, right? I, I talked to my patients about setting SMART goals, Great. right? So goals that are specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and have a time component to them. So when we're going to set dietary goals, for example, um, I saw a gentleman in clinic last week who uh, ate very healthy meals, but was a horrible snacker, horrible. Uh, and he just did it, you know, he had a job or he had a drug truck and he was in, you know, on the road a lot. And I, and he said, okay, I'm just going to like give up Dorito chips. And I'm like, well, that's impossible. Nobody can do that. Right. So you're going to say, how many days a week are you going to allow yourself to have that? Okay. So you start small, 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 attainable little goals. And then you start building on that and it makes you feel better. And yet as doctors, so readily easy, right? I get convicted every time I have my stroke follow-up clinic, right? Cause I'm preaching at these people on the Mediterranean diet, right? And then I get exhausted and I'm on call and I eat the bag of Doritos, right? So, so there's a, there's a, there's a flow in life. You have to be, you have to be aware of that, but it's what you do the majority of the time to keep the gas in the car, yeah. right? And to keep it well-maintained, so when that period of brokenness comes, you're not, you're not completely broken. You're going through a period of time and you can hang on until the brokenness lets up, which it will eventually. That's right. That's right. So and then the third and final thing I would say are the, you know, the spiritual side of you are the sources of support. So in medical school, we get taught how to ask people these things because it matters to patients. It matters to patients if you know me as a human being if you recognize that my faith is really important to me, it matters that you know what I used to do, even if I'm retired, right? Uh, it matters that you know that I'm taking care of my husband, who has cancer. So that's why I'm not taking care of myself, mm. right? So so asking those um, systems questions or those sources of support, be it religious or otherwise, is very important. And yet, once again, as doctors, we don't do it, right? So if you're spending all your time at work and you never have an opportunity to set aside some time to go out with friends, or you don't pick up the phone and call your mom because you're busy all the time, right? We, we've been talking about moms today, but, but whatever it is, that's important, that's important. And so having that network, which you're so good at, Kim, you could get the whole podcast on building the network, right. And finding tools to help you. Why do you find these tools to help you? It's to make time to do the things that are important
1: for you. Right. That's right. That's right. And I I, I can't help but reflect that um, everybody in podcast world here, you another thing you don't know about Dr. Johansson is that she leads our monthly Christian medical and dental association prayer session. And what's great about this is it pops up in the calendar. It's a half an hour. It's in and out. It's structured. It's organized. You lead us through uh, a dance of the whole, the whole way that the half hour happens. And so it's it's something that clearly as busy as you are, you've made time to do this what it's put in the calendar. Do you want something done? You put in the calendar and it happens. And after, and every time I see that pop up and I'm double and triple booked and I go, Oh, it's mm. one of those. Sometimes you said another zoom meeting,
0: but it mm. never
1: fails at the end of that meeting. I'm like, yeah, okay. Needed that. And I'm sure right. it's like anything else you plug and play in there. If we look at our calendars or a day daily checklist and say, Oh, I have to go for a walk or Oh my gosh, I was going to do a little bit of Pilates, really? Or really? I was going to call my mom. Uh, Inevitably, you know what? You're into it two, three minutes and you're like, yes, this is why I'm into this. This is why I'm into that. Pause. Sure. Stop. Get off the, the treadmill. This is life after all, right? This is life. Right. Right. And I'm sure if you'll, you know, talk to
0: the colleagues at Peabody or some of the other, you know, people who are very musically inclined and, you know, they practice their instruments and they practice it, you know, not necessarily just for the art of practicing it. They practice it so they can perform. Right. And so if you have your guitar, guilty is charged and you're trying to learn it, once again, guilty is charged and you don't pick it up for like a month. Uh, I don't know who we're talking about right now, but but then you can't expect to perform, right? So it's the same idea with all these things to prevent burnout. If you mentally are not replacing your thoughts or doing some of these other great strategies that people on your podcast have mentioned, or physically, you never move physically, or you know spiritually or sources of support, you're not building into those relationships or taking the time to go to mass or, or whatever it may be. Then when those periods of brokenness come that you can't control and there's nothing wrong with you when it comes, then that's when you feel completely burnt out. And helpless. Right. Yeah. And so, so that's the kind of the, you know, the yin and the yang of this, right? So there are things that you can do. But I know people who are gonna be listening to this podcast. And so I just wanna like offer encouragement to say. You know find what works for you there's no like magic solution here and i am constantly i mean i'm humbled to be added to your list of all stars in this podcast i'm constantly there are things that i may do well but there are a lot of things that i don't do very well and so so you find what it is that's very rewarding to you you keep doing that and then there are these other areas that you work on simultaneously right to make yourself a little bit better. And then that helps restore that balance so when those periods of brokenness come, you can acknowledge the fact that you're in it, like you said you don't have to put on a mask to the world, right. But you're not completely destroyed because of it. And I think, you know, once again, COVID-19, I think there was so much undercurrent of we were not maintaining what we could that when a global pandemic hit, people just, bottom drop you couldn't,
1: you couldn't take care of it. And so we are now in the process of hopefully, as you put so beautifully, building into others and building into relationships and building into people. And as we build into others, inevitably, we're building into ourselves. And I think we are now in a process of recovery and rebuilding and remaking. Right. And your message is so, so clear that, the inevitability of brokenness and life events happening to us outside of our control and so important to have that foundation under us really really built on those support systems and the and the mental energy finding the energy givers and having our fitness and our in our our wellness and our resilience at, at hand there. So I think you've really made some important points and I, and I love the, um, clarification of that burnout versus brokenness. So thank you for pointing that out, that, um, certain things are outside of our control. And, sure. And,
0: absolutely,
1: And, yes. Yes, and even because it's outside of our control, as your mom would say, you know, being grateful for the things that we do have that we all we heard all through COVID of those silver lining things you know exactly that's on the one side let's list all the awful things that we're dealing with and our faculty are dealing with and our personal lives are dealing with and on the other side of that piece of paper look at some of the silver linings look at all the bread that was baked right. all the relationships that were right restored and exactly right
0: Yes. And if you're taking those small steps to do whatever you can do to make yourself well, then when the periods of brokenness come, you, you can emerge from that with more perspective. You can emerge from that a little bit wiser. And then that's that people are drawn to you as that energy giver, right? Because you have that experience that then you can take forward. So this is all just about, you know, doing whatever it is that you can do to help the person next to you, obviously, as you keep saying. And that comes from spending just a little bit of time, making sure your car is running well, which is something that's hard for all of us to do.
1: Oh my goodness. This has just been so, so important, Michelle. Everybody out there, I hope you have learned as much as I have and really appreciate this. I think I've, I'm i going to leave the final word to Michelle, but I do want to keep echoing this phrase that I've written down here. Let's, let's go out and build into build into each other, and build into ourselves. Dr. Johansson, I'll leave the parting comment to you.
0: All right. Well, I appreciate being here. It was a pleasure to be here. And just, I think just some hopefulness and a word of encouragement, you know, we're all going through a rough patch right now when we're recording this podcast. So maybe it was a perfect time to record it, but I do believe that having a sense of hope and hopefulness is really important. Um, And to know that you're not in this alone. Mm.
1: All right. Thank you, folks, for joining the Faculty Factory podcast. We'll see you next time. Thanks, Michelle. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to Faculty Factory podcast. The mission of the Faculty Factory is to build and support a community of leaders in faculty development who share tools, resources, wisdom, and encouragement in service to our faculty members, schools, and institutions.